You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash filmschool. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. Wonderful World is a bittersweet comedy about families, friends, and frivolous fights against corporate institutions. It stars Matthew Broderick, Michael Kenneth Williams, Sanaa Lathan, Jadel Berland, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and Philip Baker Hall. It also features music with a cameo performance by acclaimed musician Dan Zane, noted father of modern independent music kids' music movement. Uh, It's the story of Ben Singer, a failed folk singer, children's folk singer, and an every other weekend dad to his young daughter who is struggling with all aspects of his life. Ben finds comfort in smoking marijuana, regular chess games with his smart and opinionated Senegalese roommate, Ibu. Uh, After Ibu suddenly is struck ill, Ben's life takes a turn with the arrival of Ibu's beautiful and sexy sister, Hadi. We are joined today by writer and director of Wonderful World, Josh Golden. Josh Golden, welcome to Film School. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for being here as well. Yes, appreciate it. Uh, just a terrific film, um, a, a wonderful performance on the part of uh, Matthew Broderick. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. He's a, a very soulful turn. Yeah, and we'll get to his performance. I uh, I. I just want to want to ask you what inspired uh, you to do Wonderful World. What was your inspiration? Well, well he uh, the characters I, I, I sort of dubbed him when when I talked about him as the most negative man in the world, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I think there's been a, a legacy of negativity in my family. Um, my grandmother, who I uh, I um, helped take care of when she lived in L.A. and I lived in L.A. Uh, she lived till 99, and she, I would take her to the doctor, and I once took her there, and the doctor was like, oh, my God, you're, you look so good for 99, and she said, yes, it's been a terrible century. <laughs> so that's, you can see how that, could, uh, <laughs> that can transmit through the generations. Uh, yeah, but, but I also think that there's, you know, it, it, just having lived through the last uh, 10 years, I think anyone who, who's, who thinks has a kind of running commentary of a slightly cynical thoughts in their brain i wanted to have uh, create a character who only had that and yeah. sort of see where that went to give them voice if you will yeah yeah <laughs> yeah give give them voice and, and also I, I, you know i wanted somebody who's sort of correct in all he's he's i made it my mantra that everything he said was right that was negative although sort of he's kind of holistically wrong yeah well i, I think his his wife at one point in the in the film makes that distinction you know she basically said she says it when i don't want to give i i I don't like talking about films in particular scenes because i think uh it's up to the viewer to go and enjoy the entire experience but she does kind of lay it out for him how she saw things from his perspective but there's a uh, there's other ways to see life than just that yeah yeah, absolutely. He's you know he's guilty of a lot of the things that the people he complains about are, and that he sees the world in very black and white terms. And I think if there's you know there's a lesson to be learned, it's that the world is both a good and bad place at once. You don't have to look at it as any one thing. 
Well, without betraying too much about myself, I found myself agreeing with a lot of what uh, what Matthew Broderick's uh, uh, Ben Ben uh, says in this film. Um, but I also found myself editing my my uh, my thought process in that. You know, I'm watching somebody on screen who sounds a little bit like myself here, and uh, and it is kind of a, a life lesson in in a way of what, while you're watching the film. So <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, my wife claims, and I won't deny it, that uh, a lot of what he says are direct quotes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you also wrote the film, and this yeah. is your first time as a feature director. Now, you've written, uh, you wrote uh, a couple other films, uh, Dark Man and Out on a Limb. Um, what was different uh, about seeing your words turned into a film with you making the determination as to how it was going to look? Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's a sort of attitude change in the very beginning in that, you know, you know that uh, it's, it's all on you. You can't blame anybody else if it doesn't work out. Uh, but it was it was a very freeing experience. I, I absolutely loved it. You know, you could... You, you, uh, for one thing, just being a writer all these years, you're alone in your office, and when you're making a movie, you're suddenly, you know, with this huge number of people, and it's very exciting, and I, and yeah. I was blessed with a great crew and, and great cast, and it was, it was all blast. Well, what was, what was the biggest challenge uh, in terms of, uh, did, uh, was it a technical challenge? Was it the psychological challenge you just described? What was more daunting to you as you, as that first day on the set, as you began to take control of, of this project uh, in a very real way? What was that? Was it technical, psychological, or something else that really you felt like this is the hurdle I really need to clear here? I, I think for, I mean it was t- the, the first day was mildly terrifying, and then after that it wasn't terif- it was pure fun for me. Uh, it, it was. I, I think it was just. I, I spent a lot of time preparing, you know, so I didn't feel unprepared. But my my worry kind of was whether anyone would actually, you know, they, they had to. T- everyone had to take a leap of faith yeah. to believe in me as a first time director because I was completely unproven. So that was my my sort of nagging worry was that there'd be a, there'd be a lot of doubt in uh, in everyone's mind. Uh, but the. the but people were 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 very uh, uh, you know once we got started I think it it went smoothly and and uh, there wasn't any of that. Well, good. Well, is it now? Uh, this is something that I'm. By the way, we're speaking with uh, Josh Golden. The the film is uh, Wonderful World. It comes. It starts. Uh, it opens this Friday, January eighth, at the Lemley Sunset Five in Los Angeles. Um, it's been moved. It's now at the uh, uh, Beverly Hills Music Hall. Oh, it is. Okay, so it will open this Friday, but at the Beverly Hills Music Hall. Is that right? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, when when you decided, oh, I've got this project, I've written this script, uh, you started to, I assume you started to shop it around, and you, you said, I want to be the director. Um, what are the, what, what's that transition? Uh, how, how do you introduce yourself to a studio? They know of your work from Dark Man and Out on a Limb, but how does that process take place? Do you have an agent that says, hey, I've got this, this – Josh has got the script, and he really wants to direct. Did you go and make the pitch yourself? How did that work? Uh, well, you know, it, uh, uh, quite early on, I gave it to Matthew Broderick, who is a, a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine from for twenty years, and he he loved it and and wanted to do it immediately. And then we once we had 
uh, once it was me and Matthew sort of going out with it, uh, CAA, which was, uh, they represent me now, but they didn't at the time to represent Matthew, though, and they set up uh, a lot of meetings with various financiers. And then I had to go and do a whole dog and pony show. Yeah. But, okay. but it was very helpful to have Matthew on. Well, he, he, with his name attached to the project, is that what you're saying? Uh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, he's, uh, it, um, and so you, you, you get, you've you got the CAA, you've got, you make your pitch, the financiers. Is the first thing you do is get a producer, and does the producer get involved in, uh, or I don't know if that's the first thing you did. Did you have a producer, and then you started hiring crew? How do you, how's that process work for you? Yeah, uh, actually, the order was I, I, was working at the time with uh, a producer named Glenn Williamson on another project, and I gave him the script, and, and he wanted to produce it. Glenn Williamson is a very... He's, he did uh, produce Hollywood Land. He was one of the producers on Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind. One of my he, favorite films. It. One of my all-time yeah, favorite films. That's a beautiful film, by the way. But I'm sorry. I'm, I totally agree. I love that movie. Um and uh, so he uh, he was on, and then we gave it to Matthew, and then me and Glenn in L.A. Matthew's in New York, so he didn't actually come to any of the pitches. We we went to financiers, and and eventually it was you know there was a, there were a couple of moments where it looked like it was going to get made with a financier, and then they dropped out. Just sort of the usual yeah. tumble, rough and tumble of it all. <laughs> but uh, ambush <clears throat> entertainment. Uh, headed by Miranda Bailey and Matt Lutweiler, uh came on, and yeah. they were great. And then we uh, we decided to shoot in Shreveport because of the tax rebates. Oh, that's where Louisiana has some good some good uh, tax policies on yeah. films. Yeah. Now, yeah, uh, so yeah. now, now, did once you got you had your producing team and you started to move forward? Did you get involved in the like the cinematographer, the sort of the the, the down? Uh, down screen people, uh, and then the cast as well. What was your involvement? In, obviously, you had Matthew, but what, what role did you play in getting the cinematographer and the other people? I, I was very involved in, in all of it. I, uh, we, you know, I, I looked at tons of uh, tapes of various cinematographers and, and uh, eventually hooked up with Dan Schulman, who did a great job, I think. Yeah. And uh, we had we had to sort of rush into production at a certain point because Matthews had a schedule that meant we had to shoot in like three weeks. If no, we do it. So we we cast it in, in L.A. in, in uh, I think, two weeks. No, uh, well, so, yeah, that that's a tough window, three, week, uh, three weeks with him. And since he's in, I think, almost every frame of the film or pretty much every <laughs> scene of the film, you, you really had to have him... Uh, have a tight schedule with him. Well, I w- oh yeah, we yeah we had twenty one days of shooting. It was very very tight. Well, he's terrific. I want to. I do want to touch on that uh, on his performance. Uh, he, the thing that I was most Im- most impressed about his performance in this is he plays a sort of internally angry man, but he doesn't manifest that anger in sort of. Overtly, he's not a. He doesn't lash out in this, uh, uh, very uh, at all, hardly at all in the film. There's nothing in his sort of physical demeanor that would that you say, "Oh, this guy is upset. He's angry." He's but it's the way he conducts himself and the dialogue that he has, his conversations he has. Uh, and I really think this is a very nuanced performance on his part. He was able to pull that off very effectively. 
Absolutely, it's it's an incredibly subtle performance, and it's almost it, it, it's almost in, in in a lot of it's in the dialogue, and a lot of it is kind of in the in the spaces between the dialogue. I think that Matthew gives he's almost like a silent movie star in a way in in, in this movie, in, the, in that you sort of you see him you see him thinking you know a lot. Yeah. And you, you really get a feeling for what's going on, sort of internally. Well, it's in the eyes. He has a he has a great way of uh, of, of letting you know what's going on internally, not uh, just in his facial features, but but his eyes just are very uh, very telling. Yeah, yeah. He's he's got a, he's, it, it, and in this uh, movie, especially because this is one of the few movies he's done where he's. I, I would say he. I mean, it, it, there's some comedy in the movie, but he doesn't give a comic performance. Right. It's a, it's a very it's a, it's a sort of one of his more adult performances, I think. Well, it is, and I, I go back to a performance that he gave. Uh, it's been at least ten years. I'm going to say about ten years ago. Uh, you can count on me. Oh yeah. With Laura Linney, um, I just thought he was remarkable in that film. I thought that's a remarkable film, and in many ways, there's a tone in that this film shares with that film. I I, I don't think this was a conscious decision on your part, but. I, I was struck by kind of that this that the, the, the that sort of feature of, of both of the films. There's, they're very quiet films. Uh, they really let you um, uh, settle in with the characters, and 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 you get to know them uh, in in a, just a really well-rounded way. So, uh, kudos to oh, you for that. Yeah. Thanks, and that's, that's a, uh, I take that as a very high compliment because that's one of my favorite movies. You can count on me. Yeah. It's just, and it's it's it's, it's also, it has a melancholy tone too. I think. Well, it, it's character. This this film, as well as what we were just, uh, you can count on me, are films about these people and their lives and how they how they intersect and uh, yeah. th- and 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 you see you see growth, <laughs> you see some growth, you see some development in these characters, which is always something that I like to see in a film. I like it doesn't have to be a sweeping epic change in these people but it's it's what life is it's subtle uh, distinctive subtle changes in in the way that we behave and in the way we make ourselves a little bit better right right and and and, and a character like his life small changes is, is is monumental yeah yeah definitely he seems to have definitely settled in in his life until until he meets and i want to get to some of these other the, the characters uh, uh until he well his relationship with ibu was played by Michael Kenneth Williams. Uh, it's a Senegalese um, man who he uh, essentially takes on as a as a roommate, and they have this relationship. And there's sort of the yin and yang. Um, uh, Ibu is is very positive, always looking at the bright side, and then you have Matthew Broderick, not so much. <laughs> right. Um, what would what went into the development of uh, of Ibu when you were writing this? What were you? What was your thought process in that? Well, uh, Ibu is, is, he's one of the only characters in the movie that's really based on somebody I knew. Uh, when I was, I think my very first job ever when I was like 20 was working for this very small insurance company. And it was a terrible, terrible job just filing and the, the, the minutes just slipped by very slowly. <laughs> but he was, uh, he was the only one in the office with me, this guy from, uh, Senegal in his 40s, who was a, he was a very, uh, uh, Thoughtful. He was he was kind of an intellectual with absolutely no schooling, and was interested in a lot of things and very 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 bright. And his uh, he had come from Senegal like the like Ibu, and uh, all his he had left Senegal at the age of eight, so all his memories were sort of refracted through through the the childhood. Um, 
and I, I, I really sort of used that character. I think that was, I, I kind of took him through my memory into the movie. So, so he was, so he's a real character now. The, the, uh, character of his, performed by Sun, Sana, uh, Lathan, uh, his sister, uh, Hadi, or Hadi, I think that's more correct to say, uh, was, uh, is a terrific actress. And, uh, what was, where did her role, does it just, how did she come about? Uh, God, I don't know really. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think I've had girlfriends that were, that were like her. Uh, she's, uh, she just sort of came. Yeah, she's very, she's a very know. earthy, very grounded person. And yeah. Yeah, she's, she's, uh, and very kind of, um, she has a combination of, of being very, a very giving person, but also, uh, um, I wouldn't say, not, not, not selfish, but, uh, um, essential being. Yeah. Um, she seemed very pragmatic to me. I mean, she understood. Absolutely. She understood, you know, where she came from. Obviously, Senegal is not the place of the land of plenty. When she got here, as well, I don't want to say too much, but she 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 is a very caring person, and she's taking care of people in her life. Not only her brother, but those people that she uh, left behind. Um, and um, I, just a just a. A wonderful present and a terrific actress. I, I really liked her uh, her her performance in this as well. Yeah, she did a she did a really good job, and it was incredibly committed. She was very committed and, and spent a lot of time before the production in L.A. working with a dialect coach, so she could get the Senegalese thing right. And actually, spent you know had her hair braided in the Senegalese style, which took I think she had to sit still for about fifteen hours. Oh my that. god. Oh my God! Yeah. Well, that yeah, that's that's com- <laughs> that's commitment there, um, yeah. and uh, yes. Now, uh, I also wanted to. Uh, I I'm a huge Philip Baker Hall fan. I think he's just terrific in everything he does. Uh, he's just such a wonderful character actor, and he brings so much gravitas <laughs> to whatever role he is in. Um, how did how did you get uh, Philip Baker Hall involved in the film? Uh, I, you know, it, it, he was somebody I was interested in for the role, and uh, I was already in pre-production when when he read the script, and I talked to him on the phone about the role, and he agreed to play. It was, I was very fortunate. Great. Well, now, what have you, you know, it's just a film, it's your first film, first feature film. What have you, what is it you've learned in terms of what you write and how it came out in this film, what is it that you're going to carry forward uh, in your next project? What What is it that you feel like, this is a strength, this is something I can work on? Is there the lessons learned from this first feature? What would you say? Uh, well, the... Um, it sounds like it's been a very positive experience on balance for you. It was a, it was a very positive experience. I You know, I, I guess, uh, you know, one of the things that, that struck me was how much uh, you can you, you do in the editing room mm-hmm. in terms of molding a or remolding a story. It's very interesting because when you're writing, you're very involved in the story, and when you're shooting, you're very involved in the in the characters and 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 simply making the moments work. And then you come back into the editing room and you're back to making it a story, and 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 having it you know the rhythm is very important. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I I think I would I would 
I, I would love to have a little more time in the editing room because um, I think that's a hugely important part of the process. Right. We're speaking with Josh Golden. The film is uh, Wonderful World. It opens this Friday at the Beverly Hills Music Hall. Um, I, I would say, if you know, as somebody who has just a minimal amount of, of background in filmmaking, I think the for me uh, the most difficult thing that I have seen is maintain. You just alluded to it, maintaining that that pace, that sense of uh, continuity in the in the style of filmmaking. Uh, mm-hmm. That being able to carry a scene and that sort of rhythm, carrying that forward. Uh, so that as the film progresses, as the f- story unfolds, you're not wildly out of sync with from one scene to the next. I would think that would be maybe the biggest challenge in terms of finding your finding your place, finding your tone, and maintaining that uh, throughout the production of the film. Is that sound? I think that, yeah, that's absolutely true. I, I think I mean, and, and some of that is in the preparation. You 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 kind of. Uh, you know, I, I I spend a lot of time thinking about the shot sequences, and I had repetitions of shots so that you had a kind of uh, it's almost uh, it's almost musical. You know, mm-hmm. you, you you come back to them playing chess. It's from the same angle, but maybe a little bit different. Um, he played chess a lot with the roommate. I should add. Yes. Uh, yes. The uh, but so much of that is 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 in the editing. Okay. You know, you, you sort of reform it, but that's something that you didn't you didn't know until you did this. Is that is that fair to say? I mean, you didn't realize. Yeah, I, mean, I I had you know I, I made short films in in film school, so I had an, an idea about it. But it really hit me when we were when we were editing how much you kind of make the 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 rhythm and the poetry of the movie in the editing room. It really gives you an appreciation as you and as you progress uh, uh, along your career. I'm sure you, finding a visual style, you, you get these guys like an Altman and uh, you know Terry Gilliam or whatever, whoever it might be, that have a visual style, and they're able to sustain this for a, you know an hour and a half to two two and a half hours. And over the course of their career, they're able to maintain this sense. Of the, oh, that looks like a that looks like an Altman film. Oh, I under I see it, and I don't know what it, if it is, but it gives you a real appreciation of just how well trained or well thought through that, that they are as filmmakers, doesn't it? Absolutely, and I, I it's it's funny sometimes I'll be uh, you know I'll turn on the TV and I'll see one shot and know it's not one film. Yeah, yeah, I and mean, it, yeah. No, I, I agree. I was just going to say. I mean, there's so many film. There's so many visually arresting film directors, and um, and I just I, I really want to congratulate you because these are the kind of films that that I, I just really enjoy. I really like watching uh, people and their their stories and how it unfolds, uh, sort of the unexpected turns, uh, and just it's just a it's a very well made and congratulations on 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 this uh, first effort and. Uh, are we looking at something down the line? Are you working on something after this? Yeah, I, I, um, I'm casting a movie right now where, uh, called uh, Look at Me. Okay. With, it's sort of a, a love story between a very young and not yet successful stand-up comic and a waitress with uh, Jay Baruchel oh. attached to it. Very good. Well, well, uh, terrific. Well, uh, congratulations on this. I'm going to remind our listeners once again that the film is Wonderful World. It will be opening this Friday. That's January 8th 
at the Beverly Hills Music Hall. That would be in Beverly Hills, for those of you wondering. Uh, and Josh Golan, thank you so much for joining me here today on Film School. Well, thank you for having me. It was great. Thank you. To learn more about Film School, listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at KUCI.org slash filmschool.